Hi, everyone. I'm Ricky Lake, and I am on the Ryan Holtz Podcast. Hey, welcome to another episode of the Ryan Holtz Show Podcast. Listen, this is the show where you come to learn, listen, grow, upgrade your life personally and professionally. I have one of the most incredible guests. Our show slogan is You Are One of One. I have a treat for you today. Um, I, I thought about how I wanted to introduce her because I thought, oh my gosh, you know, if you grew up in the 90s, you probably watched her. She's got she got the funkiness, the soul, the spirit. Her <laughs> name is Ricky Lake. Most people know her from the Ricky Lake show. Also, the movie Hairspray back in the day. Uh, Ricky, welcome to the show. Welcome home. Uh, we like to we like to call our, our audience. This is the audience to have unsafe conversations and safe spaces. Oh, sounds good. <laughs> nice to be with you. I made a promise with, to you on social media that I would do your show, and I'm a woman of my word. So, pleasure to talk to you. Now, Ricky, listen, I, I messaged you, what, 11 and a half months ago in on Instagram, and I just, you, you know, you're somebody that, there's certain guests I just, I'm like, no, I, I, I connect with some of their spirit. I'm a spirit animal, and I'm like, no, Ricky is somebody I have to have on the show. And it's just something I wouldn't give up. So it's kind of funny because I've had another guest on. They said, well, you know, there's a fine line, Ryan, between stalking and polite persistence. So with you, I really try to deploy polite persistence. But, you know, maybe I can kick off there for the audience. What does it take in life when you really want something? Like, what, what, when are you going overboard and when it when does it show tenacity, in your opinion? I mean, I didn't find you to be, you know, I just, I knew in the back of my mind, it's like, okay, I promise this guy, I promise this guy. And so I knew it would happen, but no, I don't, I don't know. I mean, it's, you know, you want to give people space and, and, you know, but you were not, you didn't push, push, push me. I didn't feel, you know, roped in or anything like that, you know? Yeah. You know what? I love that. So you created, now you have your own podcast called Raised by Ricky which you co-host with, it's Kalen Allen. Am I saying his name properly? Yes. The, oh, okay. the indomitable, like lovable Kalen Allen. I love that kid so much. Tell me how this came into fruition because you said, look, when uh, is it, it's Lemonada Media that approached you and said, hey, look, I think you should do a podcast. But you said, look, I've been approached over the years multiple times and you, you just kind of said, no, not for me. What, what was it about that approach or timing like that you said, look, you know what, Let, let's do this. Well, Lemonada Media, if you, I mean, they produce incredible content. It started by two women, Jess and Steph, and it started out of the tragic losses of their brothers to the opioid epidemic. And, you know, they just are producing content that I really spoke to me, resonated, and they came with me to me with an idea. It wasn't just me doing a podcast. It was really looking back at the old show, which, you know, I hadn't really done. I feel like everything, you know, my life has been kind of full force and I'm on to the next thing. So I've never really spent the time like reflecting on what we did back then. And so it was really, it's been an amazing cathartic experience. And Kaylin is someone who's like basically this, my son's age, you know, he, I think he's 27 or 28. My son is 26. And so it was fun to look back with someone who didn't grow up with my show and you know, his whole take on it. It's been really fun. I think it's been really fun for people that grew up with the show too. So I'm, I'm proud of it. I'm honored to be in business with Lemonada. They're doing such amazing stuff. And um, it's a way for me to be working, but kind of not working. You know, mm. it's like I love my my downtime. I'm I'm newly married, and I, I I recently moved to Malibu, and so my downtime, my private time, is really important to me. So I have a great balance of doing content that I think is really fun and meaningful to me and others, and then I get to really play with my uh, my new husband. I, listen, if 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 I would be. I would be blind and not able to hear if I did not hear of the the infamous Ross 
and it's- mama which mama listen this when this when when you know god rest soul you know and we've lost two of our own dogs but when you posted that i i i honestly really connected with you on that because for me we you know in the last five years we've lost two of our dogs and we're big volunteers for rescue shelters and things like that um and i just thought my gosh like when you when you have that kind of loss it's it for us it's no different than a, a human like it's one of our human children like literally and in a lot of ways it feels worse i mean it's just it i'm not over it it's almost a year yeah you said 11 and a half months so mama passed april of last year and i have a new dog dolly who's incredible she's such an amazing spirit i'm completely in love with her but they they can't really replace you know that 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 relationship that you have and mama was instrumental in literally, like she literally kept me alive when I was going through the loss of my husband, Christian, mm. uh, six and a half years ago. I mean, she she's what got me out of bed. I mean, I had teenagers at that time. One, one of my sons was in college, so they didn't need me day to day like my dog did. And so mm. just taking on her out, out on walks every day and being out in sunshine and getting vitamin D and just breathing and one foot in front of the other. I mean, it really was <laughs> as simple as that. So mama was, an angel to me and uh she'll never be forgotten shout out to mama you know look shout out to mama shout out to ross i mean we Wait, dedicate this. where's Ro- is, oh mama. hey there's, hey oh i i pay homage to that dog throughout my house and uh you can also see there's dolly right oh, beneath me oh dolly so. hi dolly <laughs> we have a we have a pit we have a pit bull shepherd um boxer named uma now uma's Almost too aggressive for me to flip the computer while she'd try to monster the computer down. But listen, I, I noticed in your place, you have, you guys have like almost like a little sanctuary of a lot of greenery and stuff like that. And you said, look, we absolutely love our property. What, what, what is, what does spirit and, and kind of soul mean to, to Ricky Lake? You, you talk a lot about that where you kind of live from this, this spirit based and, and you can really kind of feel that. Uh, what does that mean for you? Spirit, you know, soul, and just kind of living in, the now and kind of through the noise. I mean, I don't know exactly how to answer that, but I I never really considered myself to be somewhat to be someone spiritual until I lost my my beloved husband Christian. Mm. I don't know nature to me being out in nature, being you know I live in this very special place you know where it doesn't feel like Los Angeles you know, mm. and I have so much wildlife and and you know my property. My dear friend John Bonnie designed my my landscaping, and it's just. It's 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 magical. People come over and they just can't believe it. And I just you know I have wild parrots coming through. We had a bobcat next door. Um, to, to, to answer your question, I think being present, being living an authentic life, mm. being being a kind and good person, appreciating every day. I mean, I I am so grateful for this beautiful time in my life. You know, I've been through some hardship, and I've also had incredible extraordinary experiences in my career and personally and i just feel like i'm 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 walking the walk of just someone who lives in gratitude and and enjoys i i mean i really enjoy my life and appreciate each day ricky uh, okay people that come into our life i'm i'm very big on like i call myself an edm management consultant energy distribution management consultant i feel like humans if we let the wrong humans into our space, they can just suck all the good energy out of it. Mm-hmm. I want to give you an mm-hmm. analogy here. Let's say people say, okay, hey, what's the what's the status of friendship that you have? So if you if you call somebody or you run into somebody, say, hey, how are you? Eh, base level, almost like an acquaintance. But let's say that you say, I'm going to have you in my green room. Now, the green room is your most intimate space. 
It's where you have your partner, your friends, your closest family. What would you say to somebody about how does Ricky Lake filter human energy coming into her green room? And have you made some mistakes in the in the past of letting the oh, wrong yeah. people in your green room? <laughs> I as, have. As, as an example. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm not sure if you're you're going somewhere that you know about with my life, but I I have. I've become more discerning the older I've gotten. You know, my mm. circle I, I, has gotten a little bit smaller and I've been burned in the past by friendships that, that weren't true or, you know, betrayed me in some way. You know, I you learn, you learn through those mm. experiences. But I think, you know, I have such a solid crew of people in my life that I consider family. I, I don't have a close family until I married Ross and his giant family. I don't have a very big, you know, nuclear family. Mm. Um, and so my friends are my family. They're my chosen family. And so, you know, we have gatherings here all the time. You know, my as I told you, my mm. place is really special. People love to come up and hang out here. So, you know, I'm very much a homebody. I don't like mm. to leave. I don't really like to leave. That's one of the great things about a podcast and doing this kind of stuff. That's the one good thing to come out of COVID is like Zoom is a yeah. beautiful thing. So you don't have to go anywhere. But, um, but family and my friends, my family friends are the most some of the most important people you know things in my life to have that connection to have people that know you and understand you and support you and love love you unconditionally yeah so in my green room there's a good i'd say two handfuls of people that i have you know in my inner circle so ross having a big family and then you having kind of a like a smaller family when you say you have a smaller family like were your parents together growing up or because your dad your dad is still living correct both my parents are living. I'm estranged yes. from my mother. I don't have a relationship with her. It's been been like 13 yeah. years. Um, and then my dad is a is is alive, but he's you know he deals with did, mm. you know a lot of health issues, and okay. it's really it's so sad to see your family your you know your parents get older. And I have a sister that lives in the UK, and uh, we're super close. But outside of that, that's that's basically it. Well, I asked this question because my my like my mom was a single mom. My mom passed away when I was 13 years old. So when we talk about trauma and pain and suffering, I, I'm probably who I am because of that pivotal moment at 13. And so my wife has a massive family. She's Middle Eastern. So it's like I got a family of like three and she's got a family of like 400. Right. Wow. So it's, yeah. So I almost feel like I'm like, damn it. Like there's when I first met her, I almost had I call it like family envy where I'm like, damn, your parents are so close and you get to share all these moments. And when we had our kids, I'm like, these things that go through my mind and, you know, you just see that cohesiveness. And I knew that as a young child, like teenager, Ryan, yeah. the only at-bat you're going to ha have at having an actual family is when you create your own, right? Yeah. Have, have you ever felt that absolutely. way? Yes, I do. I do feel that way. I look at other people and their relationship to their mother in particular, and I'm like, wow, like to have like a real kind of maternal nurturing mother. I didn't have that, but I do agree with you that like my upbringing made me who I am. You know, the experiences mm. that I had that I had both both, you know, challenging and and amazing have like formed me into like this evolved human. And um my husband comes from a devout Mormon background, so very mm. big family. He has he has like so many cousins and and I have not met them. I have not I hear about them. <laughs> His aunts and uncles, there's like, you know, huge family and he has four children and a grandson. So I've like now I'm now in this big family that I just love so much. How do you balance being like this kind of like wanderlust, somewhat free spirit with a with a corporate lawyer who's 
job is to literally, you know, dot the I's, cross the T's and think about liability and all kinds of like they see they see the worst in a lot of situations. Like, hey, this could go wrong where you're like, no, jump off the damn thing and let's go. Like, how how have you guys, you know, found common ground on that? It's such a funny dynamic because we are so different. And he, he's a good kind of lawyer. Just, you know, he doesn't litigate. He doesn't Shout fight. out to Ross. Yeah, shout out to Ross. He's, he's amazing. He's, all of his clients love him. You know, he starts companies. He helps um, raise with works with VCs mm. and entrepreneurs. So he's Got that it. kind of lawyer. Got it. Um, I don't know how to explain it. We're very different. We have def- very different ways of thinking. I'm very much a free spirit. But I like to think that I, I turned him out. <laughs> I, I I brought out the fun in him. I'm bringing him to Burning Man this year, so that wow. is going to be that's going to be the ultimate turning out. I'm so excited. <laughs> Listen, uh, okay, so 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 I own two businesses, but on one side of my business that I have, I I, I mentor uh, high high functioning people that are you know operating at the top of everything from doctors, lawyers, you name it, and it's really interesting because a lot of people said, Ryan, look. I'm in my late 40s, early 50s, and you know I, I made my money, and I just feel this hole in my life. And so you know you start unpacking, asking the questions, and so you look at they have a lot of fear, a lot of past trauma, um, you know, lots of family situations, dynamics growing up. How has Ricky Lake took trauma, craziness, loss? I mean everything and turned it into like this force and almost like your best friend. Like you've mm. really managed, I, I call it brand life because you've managed to brand your life. And I know you've said this in an interview before, look, you, you know, you're like, I haven't been this m- m- meticulous strategic person throughout my career. There's been a lot of things that have kind of came in freestyle, but how have you branded this pain and suffering and turned this thing into a diamond? Wow. I, I mean, I don't think I've branded anything. I just, I just share my journey. You know, it's like all the things I've gone through have, have been ultimately a gift, you know, looking at nine 11, I experienced mm. that firsthand and that got me to make some changes in my life. Every, I mean, trajectory shifts, you know, mm. and I went on to become a documentary filmmaker, which has been mm. the most fulfilling work that I've done in my life. Um, and then, you know, shaving my head I was dealing with hair loss. I was going through this really, a very tumultuous personal kind of battle, you know, and, and, and I turned that into like a positive, but it's not about branding. It's just about coming through something and wanting to be authentic and, and wanting to help others, Mm. you know, in some way by sharing my story and making it relatable. And so it's just, I don't know, I don't know how else to be. I'm someone that's always, you know, what you see is what you get. And, um, and I do look back on the trauma that I've been through and see it as a gift. It may take a while, like losing mm. Christian, losing mm. Christian to to suicide and, and bipolar disorder. I mean, it was the most painful thing I think mm. I've ever, or maybe ever will go through. You know, I can only think of losing a child is maybe worse, but like that experience of just, you know, I, it, it took a really long time to see the gifts. And, and you know, for me, I, I think I learned to love myself in a way that I hadn't before. Mm after losing him and loving my life and appreciating life and you know his 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 um presence in my life and me losing him has absolutely made me a better me you know Mm. he was such a gift for me i didn't have him as long as i wanted but Mm. i got so i got so much out of that relationship Mm. and i'm so grateful to have had that deep deep love and um yeah it's, it's it's really interesting there's definitely a theme in my life of going through 
you know, a lot of trauma and then coming out of it better, you know, be a better mm. me. How, but if you go back and you really look at it, like, do you ever sit there and ask yourself, like you kind of retrace the steps. It's almost like reverse engineering your life. Cause you know, a lot of people there, they make it somewhere and they're kind of like, people ask them the question, like, how did you do it? They're like, well, like, you know, I'd be lying if I said, I, I know entirely, like there's a lot of things that happen, but for the sake of other people trying to overcome their fear or, or gain more courage to have more confidence, you know, and think of women a lot. I mean, a lot, a lot, my client base is heavy, heavy on the female side. And I mean, you know, either you were, you know, raising kids or you're working, raising kids, or like, there's so many different avenues. There's so many different things there. What, what are like a couple, like, would you say, Hey, attitude, would you say, is there any specific things where you're like, no, I made a few big moves in that moment to, to really project me out. I didn't know it at the time, but that was a big move. God, I don't even know. I don't know. Cause I don't like to, I don't, I don't consider myself like a role model or an expert on anything. I mean, I've certainly made tons of mistakes raising my kids, being a single mom, going through, you know, painful divorce, two divorces, you know, um, mm. I don't, I just am, I'm really, I'm real, you know, I'm authentic yeah. in like, in like, like experiences. I don't like phony phoniness yes. is, is really, yes. and that's one of the things like with me personally dealing with like, my hair situation, I, you know, I know lots of women that wear wigs and, and are okay with extensions and, you know, and I, for me, it was like this piece of me that I didn't feel like I was being authentic. I felt like I was being fake in this way and I didn't feel comfortable in that. So I don't know. I think just going through life being true to myself, you know, mm. like I can hold my head up high. I've definitely, I'm not perfect. I've made mistakes along the way, but I, you know, in the end it's, it's all, it's all been a, a, a beautiful experience, a beautiful life. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm very uh, content with, with how things have gone. The good and the I've bad. Done, I've done a lot of research on you. And I, I mean, I literally did watch your show too in the nineties. I'm 38 years old, but um, you know, I look at it and I'm like, there's a quote that stands out to me when I think of Ricky Lake and it's, you were born an original, don't die a copy. And you are mm. so, are, you are so original, you know, it's, and I've watched so many interviews where people ask you questions and you, you uh, you always yeah like it's like the person the person interviewing you is like come on give me like the actual answer ricky and you're like i don't know i mean it's just you know the hairspray thing it kind of happened and then you know i schmoozed my way over into the show and then you know I, you know the the five thousand dollars and you know then you rejig for the 500k yeah yeah, yeah. Like your yeah, stories yeah, yeah. what right like your, your story crazy I right? wish I could say, like, oh, I manifested all of this. Like, I, oh yeah, I want to be a talk show. I, I made that happen. It all, I mean, I, I have to, I definitely delivered the goods. Like I did the job and I was, you know, it, I was successful at doing whatever it is that was put in front of me, but I didn't come up with the idea. The only way, the only thing I came up with the idea is the business of being born. That mm. was my concept, my experience my passion, my money, you know, mm. and, and I went on this journey with my partner, Abby Epstein and made this profoundly, you know, game changing film about something that really, really was important to me. You know, how babies come into the world, how mothers are treated during their time of, of, you know, labor and delivery and postpartum, you know, that the black maternal death rate and this yes. kind of, you know, those, like all of that is just what gets me going and makes, you know, the work I want to do. I feel like it's so important that women 
are are treated with respect and are empowered during their time of becoming well, was a your, mom. Was your sole motivation though when you were having your kids because you were looking for alternative ways to, to have the baby in the home and stuff? Like, was that what really got you onto that? Or was that something that you're really passionate I mean, before or thought about prior? I wasn't really passionate about birth until I had my first son in, <laughs> in 1997. I went through the experience and I had, you know, and I was like, oh my God. I mean, I was one of those people. I thought I was the only person to ever get pregnant. I thought I was the only person that, you know, it was like, I felt so like a walking miracle. Like it's crazy to just say it out loud because so, you know, everyone has the babies. But it was after that, I, I looked at what was done to me or what I experienced mm. in a hospital setting. And I want, I, I just started doing research and I'm someone that, you know, I, I went to college for musical theater for one year. So I don't have like a traditional academic background. I'm not someone that ever, you know, never had a normal job in my entire life, you know, but wow. this is where I, I got really interested in, and it, it just got me excited about it. And I wanted to know more. And, it, you know, I, I, I really making those films, all my, my documentaries mm. are really about choice. It's about informed choice. And, um, so yeah, I love that work that I do, and it's 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 amazing that that movie is 15 years old this year, and it still is as re relevant today, you know. And it's 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 even more popular. It's really really exciting. We're doing an updated version now, a, a new iteration of it. It's amazing, and I'm going to direct people that listen to this to that business of birth the control business. i mean my gosh Woo! yeah well we like, yeah the first whoa, one was about whoa. birth and the and this the last one was about birth control yeah i know that, we knew we were going to be like taking on a topic that was you know polarizing and controversial and provocative but really you know we we were not able to sell it in u.s territories of course, you know? of course so big pharma has their hands in everything and you know again I'm not coming from a place of wanting to tell women to go off of the pill. I just sure. want them to know when they take that, you know, that there are definite pros and cons they want to consider. This that is they're what's not in, this, but this is what's interesting about you. So if you roll back, you said, Ryan, I'm not an expert. Like I didn't, I'm not, you know, but at the same time, you, well, you're not an expert, but still you're, you're motivated enough to be, to say, Hey, I want to use my voice to, to really talk about a subject that people need to be, you know, educated on. So how do you pull the trigger on those kinds of things? And I mean, yeah, I mean, you think big pharma, you know, nobody's going to give you money for a documentary like that. I mean, they're not going to support that. You're going to be met with a lot of obstacles there because, you know, we know how that goes. But people who are listening that haven't heard of this documentary, can you give them a, you know, 30 second version of the Coles notes of it and, and what it's truly about? Well, sure. The business of birth control looks at the history of the pill. It looks at all of, you know, there's so many personal stories, but it's, it's, it's really an eye open, uh, eye opening conversation starter about mm. these hormonal uh, synthetic drugs that are given to women, you know, um, half hazardly. I mean, it just, if you don't have that time with your care provider, I don't know what it's like in Canada. I imagine you have maybe more time with your doctor, but um, here in the, in the United States, I mean, you're lucky to have five minutes with your, you know, OB, yeah to talk about you know options and there are yes. lots of options there's lots of non-hormonal options that we talk about in the film and it's just it's really just a you know a, an eye-opening um conversation starter so yeah the film is like a gateway hopefully for people to advocate for themselves and research all the options and and what's best for them well you know you know and i like it but it's it's really interesting because i'm i'm very in touch like as a as a male i played football uh, but you know you, you look at a lot of males and i'm like i'm very like I, I was raised by a woman so i'm very in touch with my estrogen like i can do the manly thing and then i can go <laughs> shoe shopping and i mean most of my <laughs> friends growing up with women like i just I wanted just that conversation, but 
when I went through the, the, the birth process with my wife for our two children, I was so shocked at how they just like the guy standing there is like a placeholder. And I, I, I'm very active. I didn't miss any appointments. Like I rejig my whole life and business. I, 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 my number one goal in the world is to be super dad. And so I would literally be there and the OB's in the room and he like, he'd walk in and be, oh, hey, oh yeah, you must be the dad. Like he's so weirded out that the guy was always there. And I thought from the male perspective, it's, it's very geared to obviously the female, almost so much that we had one doctor that was like, yeah, sorry, Ryan. You know, I, yeah, I'm, I'm honestly not used to a lot of dads and husbands being in the room for certain things. Right. What? Like, did you, what? I, no, I, 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 don't I thought know. it was weird. Right. Like, yeah. Well, they say, you know, the dad is going through this experience also of becoming a father, maybe for the first time. And so doulas, I'm a huge, I'm a doula. Doulas are incredible for labor support, both for the mom mm. and for the dad going through it. <laughs> yeah. <You're laughs> I'm all, all for hands-on dads being there. <laughs> no, I, I love it. Okay, I want to go back to 9-11. This is big. So your children are, what, four and four, four years old, four months-ish? Do I have those ages? My oh, Owen was, my youngest was two months old. Two months, and my two months. oldest was four, yeah. Now, this is, you literally said, I think, I'm like, I thought I was going to die. Can you, like, literally feel to this day what you felt on that day, in that moment? I, it's so hard to tap into that exact feeling, but absolutely, it was so scary. You know, I, I, I mean, we all have our own traumatizing exper experience of 9-11 wherever we were. For me, I was living downtown in the West Village. Um, I had a 360 view of the towers, and so I was nursing my two-month-old, and we saw this, the, 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 you know, on the on the Today Show, we saw the, the small, they said it was a small plane. So we went to the roof. I gave my baby to my nanny and I went with my son and my husband at the time. And we went to the roof and that's where, you know, I, I my husband was shooting pictures with his camera and I was saying, there's another plane, there's another plane. Oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. You know, it was wow. like I saw the whole thing and, and yeah, that, I mean, I did think we were, I thought that was the end of the world. I mean, it was that moment of just like, I'm going to die. And this is, you know, holding my son's hand, screaming at the top of my lungs. And, you know, that, that moment that I had an epiphany and I made major changes from that moment mm. on. It took, it took about a year and a half to, to make all the changes I, I wanted to make in that moment. Mm. But yeah, my whole life, my whole life shifted because of that day and that experience. And, uh, and, it, and I have to say it changed for the better. Like I just mm. found my purpose, you know, it's like, I really wanted to soul search about where I could be impactful and use my platform. And I'm so grateful I had the talk show back in the day because I have this mainstream audience that knows yes. me. They yes. trust me. They relate to me. They know I'm not, you know, I don't, I, I don't want to curse on your thing. I'm not, I'm not full of it. You know, you can curse. And, um, you can curse. Oh, Unsafe, yeah, unsafe conversations, Ricky. Unsafe. I'm no bullshit. <laughs> I, there's no bullshit with me. And so I really, you know, having that, that, that foundation of that show and this, this, this credibility with, you know, my fans, I was able to put out, you know, material that's really out pretty out there and provocative, but they know I'm not coming from a place of telling people what to do. I'm not mm. saying I'm better than you because I had a home birth. I'm saying mm. women need to understand that they are losing a potential opportunity to be truly empowered during this experience, this, this life altering, mm. incredible experience that can be incredible and life affirming and super empowering, or it can be super traumatizing and can mm. really stay with you in, 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 a, in, a, in the worst way, you know? And mm. so, um, that's, yeah, that's really what I, what I, what I care about, you know, helping I took, women. I, 
I took a poll and I said, so I, I kind of targeted again, late forties to early fifties uh, age bracket for women. And I said, what, what, what do you think, what would you say would be your, your biggest obstacle or, 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 you know, problem, fear, whatever it is. And a lot of the answers came back saying, I want to feel relevant. Mm, and, wow. and, and so I want to get your take on that. You know, if you were to hear, you know, let's say one of your peers say, Ricky, I, I want to feel relevant. How would you interpret that? What does that mean? I mean, I guess we all want to leave our mark. We want, you know, our legacy. I mean, I can speak for myself. I can't, you know, I that was really important to me, actually. And I think that's why I made the business of being born, because I looked at on that day at 9-11, seeing like the world kind of fall apart around us. And I did I did have this moment of like, I, wa I want to like leave something behind you know mm, i want yes. to like have made have made a difference i really i mean that was really important to me not just like oh the girl from hairspray or you know i really like what do where can i be useful and 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 so i feel like i've done that like i feel mm. i mean after i put out the business of being born and i've seen the impact and it's incredible i mean it's the most fulfilling thing but it's mm. it definitely was about you know at this point in my life like i'm 54 now and i don't give a shit about being relevant or stick, you know, or <laughs> I don't, I mean, I, I, I want to continue to do meaningful work, yep. but it's, it's about me feeling good about the work I'm putting. It's not about, it's not about like accolades or attention. I don't yeah. care about that. I feel really good in who I am and the work that I've put out into the world. And I continue to put out in the world. I like it's, it's, it's it, that cliche of like, you know, who you are when you, like when you turn 50 and what other people think about you is none of your business, you know? Yes, yes. It really does, it really happened to me. I, I have to say when I turned 50, you know, shaving my head was a big deal, you know, because mm. I was really scared. I was very, very scared of like the reaction, people making fun of me and people, I just, I thought people would be really mean and they weren't, but like that was a real kind of coming out for me of telling my secret and sharing my story and so but you actually yeah. care you did actually care people's opinion of you and you said I, that of course on and some then, level and, yeah and then you on said some level we all do because you had spoke about the whole uh will smith chris rock thing and then you you know about jada and you said look you know violence has no place but you know i do feel for jada because of, of the hair thing right so for you like what did that mean for you kind of saying like oh i kind of do give it a shit about you know what people think and i don't want to be a butt end of a joke like what, what did that mean for it, you it it doesn't affect me the way it did when i was younger i think when i was mm. younger you know it's like i wanted to be liked by everyone i mean that was really like in high Ooh, school you know I, it's really like that was definitely like a a motivating factor i wanted like everyone to kind of not you know i didn't want to have any enemies you know and i don't i can't i don't can't say i have enemies now but like that becomes less important the older you get you know it's like you have to look mm. at yourself in the mirror every mm. day you know i i yeah i just you know i think i've come to a place where it's like you can't control people's thoughts about what they think of you like it's just mm. you can just do you can just mm -hmm. you know take take care of your side of the street and i feel like i i do that well success without soulfulness is an empty victory like you don't want to live a counterfeit lifestyle right a lot of people are out here living counterfeit lifestyles meaning they're, they're not really living true to themselves because you, you talk about authenticity and it's like authenticity is actually quite hard to achieve. I mean, you were taught as a kid to to somewhat not be authentic. My kids are in school and education, financial literacy are big hot points for me. And so for me, I know that coming up, if I was to listen and do the traditional route of going to school and university, there's no way I'd be in the spot I was in right now. Mm -hmm. And so entrepreneurship was my savior because I said, well, I'm going to get fired at every job. I need to make my own job. Right. And so you think about a teacher told me something that just rocked my world she said ryan 
when kids graduate, it's kind of similar as a vehicle being taken off of, a, of an assembly line. You have a VIN number on your vehicle. You know, you guys have social mm -hmm. security in the States. We have SIN numbers. So I call it the SIN VIN syndrome. So are our kids kind of like getting treated, pushed through an assembly line, mm. right? Business yeah. of being born. You are one of one. That's why I'm passionate about that mm. saying. You are one of mm -hmm. one. Mm -hmm. What do you What Absolutely. do you think? What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I agree with everything you're saying. You're right. It's like we are individuals, and we need to be treated in every way. I think we need to, but it's very, it's so hard to do yes. when we're on these timelines and like, you know, I mean, I just think back like the birth analogy. It's like mm. your doctor, you don't get that time. At least here in the states, our healthcare mm. system is such they have to, you know, see forty patients a day in order to break mm. even for their, you know, their their malpractice insurance. I mean, it's yes. like it's like tied to like bottom line. Yep. that it's very hard to feel like you're being treated as an individual in every aspect. Well, you, if you look at the world though, right now, the world doesn't um, reward originality. I mean, you even look at TikTok, right? TikTok, for example, everybody's doing the dances. And so you look at all these African dances that were happening and then all the white people were doing it. And then some of the black creators are like, well, they're copying the, like everything is, is like this copied version Whereas, you know, like you look at icons like Steve Jobs and these massive people that have trailblazed, you got to take hits in the beginning. Mm. I mean, you're, cut, you're cutting new territory. Think of the pain and suffering people go through that trail of path. I mean, you went through, you're, you've went through it. You're a trailblazer, 100%. I mean, but I Come think, on, Ricky. Yeah, Come I, on, Ricky. I, I, Say it. Say it out loud. <laughs> Put some respect on your name. <laughs> I, I, I've been very lucky. I feel like. The start of my career with John Waters and doing Hairspray and being that character, you know, having that be my entry into this crazy business, you know, I, and I, I mean, Trailblazer. I mean, I, you I, don't, owned I don't know. It though. You owned it, though. I mean, you got into those roles and you said, I don't give a shit how I got here. I'm going to own this thing. Like, you, you can see yeah. that passion, right? Some people show up and they're like, oh, my God, you know, the imposter syndrome. Like, I shouldn't be here. How did I get here? Did you ever fight with imposter syndrome? You know what I mean by that, right? Yeah, I do know what you mean by that, but I don't think I have. I mean, I, I just think, I, I don't know why, but I've just established, you know, I, I, I entered this business at an age where I was like, technically I was 18 years old when I got hairspray. So yes. I was an adult. So I wasn't a kid actor. And then I, you know, I think John Waters kept me super normal, like by, by having that start. And it was such a normal, not normal. I mean, John Waters and that crew is anything but normal, but I, I have to say like, like a real kind of, I, I don't know. He helped me to just stay true to myself through mm. these these years. You know, I look back on him giving me advice back then and just it's it's just managed to keep me pretty sane. And then, you know, the talk show, like, I, you know, I didn't know what I was doing in the beginning. And I feel like we did do something that that hadn't been done before by reaching this young audience and doing mm. a show that was just for them. Mm. Um and then, you know, like I've just had all these new, these chapters in my career and I just kind of go with it. I do have like a confidence in me and a belief that I can do it, you know, mm. whether that's, whether that's mm. true or not, I go with it and I just, you know, fake it till you make it maybe, but I'm not fake. <laughs> like, yeah. I, don't be, yeah. I don't want to be um, contradicting myself, but it's just, you know, I, I don't. I, I can't answer. I don't. I don't know the imposter syndrome. What are, thing, I don't never well, affected me. I want, I want to ask you this: What qualities makes a great? What 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 qualities, in your opinion, make a great human? Like, what makes a great man for you? Like, well, why? Like, you look. Let's look at Ross. Mm -hmm. And Ooh, then I, yeah. I like what I like. I like what Ross said. Or I think some. I read somewhere you or on your social or something, but basically saying, "Hey, Ricky, like 
I'm going to actually buy you your engagement ring this time because you admittedly said, look, I, I went for the starving <laughs> artist type and, you know, yeah. maybe not a lot of money, but, you know, that's just what I do. How, what are some qualities that you're like, yo, this makes an amazing man. Okay. This makes an amazing Let me just say, partner. Also, Ross doesn't say anything on social media. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe it's through your account or something you wrote. It's I, maybe, I, yeah, okay, I might have okay. said it in an interview, but no, he did say to me when he proposed, he's like, will this be the first ring that you didn't actually have to buy yourself? And I said, yes, yeah. that is absolutely 100% true. Ross, let me, he is such a different animal from any other man I've ever, ever <laughs> been with. He, you know, the biggest thing I could say is that he, he loves himself. He Ooh. really knows himself and he loves himself Ooh. and he's mm. solid. Like he's just, oh. he's, I have met my match. Like I've met my equal and I am so madly in love with him. And it's, it's, it's this experience that I'm having in my fifties with this relationship. Mm. And I've been married. This is my third and last husband. <laughs> and we're, we're just like grown ups, but yet we play. Like, I feel mm. like we're kids. We get to be kids again. You know, it's really so fun and it feels so safe. And I feel taken care of in a way that I never have before mm. because Quite frankly, I was I was the one taking care of everything, yeah. and um, and I've had great love. Like I've you know I've had I was madly in love with Christian. Christian was incredible, but he was deeply ill and and mm. actually physically ill. He had mm. you know chronic back pain from a car mm. accident, so he was like a someone I took care of, you know. And mm. I love taking care of the people I love, but it's really nice to feel taken care of by your partner as well. And um, Ross and I have like such a healthy, we've never had a conflict. We've never had, mm -hmm. you know, an art, we've never had an argument in almost three years. And we have, you know, six kids between us, but you know what? The kids are out of the house. They're yeah, basically yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And So we don't fight about kids and raising them. We don't fight about money. We yeah. don't have anything to fight about. We just like oh. enjoy each day. It's really, really just such a, such a beautiful blessing in my life. I love that. But your key takeaway there is you love the fact that he loves himself. I do. And that he Oof. knows himself. Yeah, that's Oof. big. I mean, I think Massive. I think self-love and I think I'm also in a place of really loving myself, you know, now. So it's like this mutual, like two adults that have done really good work, are really good people. We found each other. We don't take this for granted and we appreciate every single day. How does one allow themselves to be loved again? by others especially going through so many you know crazy stuff you know like you've been you've been rock bottom too you've had you know mental health all those things how does one mm -hmm. how do you, how do you allow yourself to love yourself and then also be you know loved by others how how, how did you do that you know coming from such a trauma and when a I don't know I don't know I I mean I just I think it's been a real journey and I think like you know the relationship with Christian the teacher that he was for me has gotten to me to this place of just self-acceptance. Mm. You know, it's like, I, you know, I, 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 you know, I look in the mirror and I, you know, I, I wish I didn't have this wrinkle or I wish I, whatever. But at the end of the day, like I'm, I'm okay. Like I'm 54. I'm, I'm okay with like what I've put out in the world. I love my mm. children are, are really turned out to be pretty extraordinary young men. I'm super proud of them. And, um, and I, I really enjoy like, like this time in my life. It's just, it's, it's my favorite of all my like chapters. This time of being this age is by far sort of the most content like I've ever been. It's like, I live in this place where I know I get to spend the rest of my days mm. with this beautiful man. I mean, it's just, there's a sense of like knowing Ooh. and I'm, I'm not like, 
I'm not seeking like like more, Ooh. more, more. Ooh. It's like I I feel like I've arrived. Put it that way. Ooh, Ooh. you content. I like that. I got to squeak in a Ricky Lake show. Is there any guest or moment from the Ricky Lake show that uh, stayed with you, haunted you, made you feel great, not so great? Any moment that you're like, man, I, you know, you remember it, something, maybe a guest, something said. Is there anything that you're just like, yeah, oh that, 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 that stayed with me? Maybe it's a couple, but I, I'm always curious because, you know, you talk to so many people, interview so many people, so many different interactions. You know, it's like kind of the residue of after the show. And I know you're doing that on your Raised by Ricky podcast with, with yeah. Kaylin, but. You know, is there anything that, yeah, it stood out? I mean, every, every like episode I did, I mean, we did like, I think 3,100 hours, some crazy <laughs> number of shows. So it's yeah. all, and they were 30 years ago. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> 20, yeah. 20 and 30 years ago. So it's hard to pinpoint like one thing. Like there were so many people that moved me, but I think in doing the podcast and kind of looking back, the, the impact that the show had to help young people wherever they were to feel like they weren't alone particularly with people coming out mm. um so many gay men and women have come to me and said your show oh. the help me see myself help mm. me like come to a place of like being able to tell my family and that you know i knew it at the time and you know i'm sort of i'm such a gay ally with my my history with john waters um but i didn't really understand you know the or have the reverence for that, like how helpful it was to so mm. many. And um, that really is deeply moving and fulfilling for me. What's what everybody said when I said, hey, Ricky's coming on the show. Like the, one of the biggest things people said is I Rick, like watched the show, remember it vividly, but she was such a bridge builder. You know, you truly were a bridge builder, you know, the, the black, brown, white, gay, not straight, like everything. I mean, you you're the OG of like, before woke and cancel culture came i mean and and you said this you said look the ricky lake show i don't know could exist in 2023 given what's going on and you know some of the things that were said uh, it's going into my question because I, I really want a good answer on this is if if you're talking to people now coming up in the game or, or whatever they want how do people break through the noise now how do i i don't know i mean i want to ask you ryan do you think my old show could exist today I mean, you'd have to have some massive balls, but that's not a problem. You've you've demonstrated that you have that. I think, okay, he, you know what's so funny? I 50-50, I, I kind of go 50-50 with it because I'm like, well, you could say something, but I think we're getting to a place in the cancel culture thing that um, you it's needed because now the cancel culture is starting to be canceled, right? And now nobody mm -hmm. ever knew what the cancel culture, no, like we don't have a face for the cancel culture. We don't even know who who these people are. But I think that now you're having people that are very brazen. You know, you think about Joe Rogan and all these other people that they're bringing really hot topics to the table and having conversation. And I love people that are willing to say like, hey, let's at least have a decent, pleasant conversation about our disagreements. Do I think it could, um, do I think it could exist? I, I do. I think that you'd have to have a really special producer or outfit that's willing to, to go through that. It, you know, you might get a watered yeah. down version of it. I don't, I just don't want to be under the, in the heat. Like, like I yeah. don't want, I mean, Joe, yeah. Joe Rogan, I, I like Joe Rogan. I think he's super smart and he has really interesting conversations, but he's like, he's, he's, a, he's very, he's very polarizing. Yes. And I, you know, I, even though my show covered every topic you could think of that young people relate to, that was important to them. And some of it was, you know, provocative and spicy and whatever, but, I wasn't polarizing. Like I think mm, my who no, I was, no. I, I was like, 
you know, I was a, I, I, I listened to everyone. I saw both sides and I don't know if you can be that impartial right now. It feels like you have to take a, a stance on something. And I don't, I just, well, I don't know. I'm tired. This girl's tired and I don't yeah, want to be fire anymore. Well, you so. did create a safe space to have unsafe conversations, but yeah, you're right. It, you know, to cut through the noise now, I mean, if you come out of the, the show, I mean, even po- I mean, podcasting, I, mean, I look at it. If I talk to my guests and ask these boring PR questions, like it's it's I'm contributing to the noise mm-hmm. where I don't want I don't want to contribute to the noise. I want to have some real talk with people. And mm-hmm. I think the celebrity, you know, because you've said about the whole celebrity, I think you, it was in an article or something. Somebody asked you, like, what what do you think about the whole celebrity? Like, what do you what do you think about being a celebrity? And you said one of the hardest things about it is that people have this preconceived notion of who they think you are versus mm. who you know you are. Like, would you agree yeah. with that? You yeah, know? I mean, I don't I don't even remember when I said that or, you know, and you have to like, when you go back and look at quotes, you don't know what's taken out of context. I don't of remember course. what context was. So I don't know. I mean, it's not hard being a celebrity. Let me just tell you that. It's not. <laughs> at, least, at least my level of... I love, I talked to Ross a lot because, you know, Ross grew up, he's totally not from this world. (laughs) And my level of fame, fame is so good because no one bothers me. I'm not this, I'm super approachable. Everyone who meets me is super nice. Like I don't, there's no, it's not an issue. It's, 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 it's only an asset, you know? And I also like live a very normal life, even though I live in Malibu and whatever. I don't hang out with celebrities. I don't, I don't have like that. I, I don't go to like, fancy restaurants where there's paparazzi outside you know like yes. i live a very normal life but um it is weird i'm sure you know it is weirder than most but um i i i wouldn't have it any other way ricky is there anything we don't know about you do you have any weird habits or any you know i'll, I'll give you one of mine is since i was 13 years old i can't stand people who don't take care of their feet i mean if you got toes that look like grenades <laughs> and, even in, and even in my dating days no it's it's something like is it a business, fetish is that I, are you, a, I, I, you a I don't know like my, my business card is even a sock like it, i've just had this from the ankle down is where i'm at i don't know i don't know it's just something that you know i was 13 years old it literally is almost like a band camp story where i was like you know i was in this marching yeah. band and 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 that was it but it just you know my thing is there anything that you know you got that's a pet peeve anything that makes you like cringe you know you got any you know, mm, especially, mm. especially how people approach you, like, how do you, I guess, you know, okay, for example, you're doing all these interviews. Is there anything that people do or when they share it to social, like, is there anything that you're like, I don't like the way I, like, I don't want people to share me in this way. I had a guest and I really appreciate the feedback. It wasn't on our show, but it was on different one. They said, you know, I don't necessarily like if people package me up too commercialized and push me out there like a commodity like they really wanted that kind of authentic feel is there anything that you don't like in the way people maybe share you Does that make sense yeah i don't care <laughs> i don't care <laughs> I, I really don't i'm uh i guess showing it maybe an unflattering picture or something maybe might might you know not make me happy but i i don't i don't care you know um no, and I'm so bad at social media. Like I try. I don't do TikTok. <laughs> I, I'm, I have an account, but I don't even. I don't even have my name on TikTok. Um, yeah, no, I don't. I social media is really like 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 an animal that I don't. I don't understand. I try. Okay. I can't do a reel. I can't do it. You you do you do good. Okay, you're raised by Ricky Podcast. Your bucket list guest. Correct me if I'm wrong. The number one guest you'd love to have on your show is Oprah. 
I mean, it's never going to happen, but sure. No, no, love but, to. It, but is that is that it's, the one that you guys said no? Like, that's our I mean, list guest? I don't know if that's our – I mean, I, I would gladly have Oprah on the show. Um, <laughs> let's talk about – you know, I mean, you know she was so nice to me back in the day. She was very, very kind, allowed me to come watch her work before I went on the air and started my show. She was really lovely to me. I haven't seen her in years. Uh, I imagine she's doing well, but I don't think she's going to come on my podcast anytime soon. You, you never know. You never know. <laughs> you never know. I got to get you on your way, but uh, I want to ask two last questions. Uh, one is, one's a self-serving question. So it's I, I like to ask guests, I'm like, if you said to me, you've talked to me, you don't know me, but you've talked to me for, you know, 50 minutes. What would you say, Ryan, you, to cut through noise or to have success, what, what would be your, what would be your Ricky mentorship in less than 45 seconds? Oh my God. I, I, ah, I, I don't know. Again, on. I'm not, I'm not comfortable giving advice, but I think. No, no, I'm asking do, for it. I'm asking for it. <laughs> doing what you do, just continue with this great personality and being a good listener. I think it's, you know, so much about when I hosted my show, I think what made me good at it is that I really listened to people. You know, I listened to the, as the conversation was going. Now, clearly I had a, like a blueprint of where I wanted to go with the story, but I think I was always ready for something surprising me and me going to in that direction. And I think um, being an interviewer is like, it's that ping pong, you know, going back and forth and just, you know, being present and yes. really listening. You know? It's kind of it's kind of like a speed date, though, right? I mean, you know, it's I, I think interview interviewing though is an art. You know, is there anybody that you've um, watched as an interviewer though that you're like, this is one of my top, you know, two oh, interviews yeah. of all time? Oh, I think John Stewart is absolutely like hands wow. down the best interviewer he you know he he gets these people to just like hang themselves in these interviews <laughs> and he's a master he is a master oprah too oprah's one of those people that just she's got it and i i agree with you you can't really teach i don't think you can mm. teach that mm. skill really i mean i think people can read if you're if you're not being like authentic and yeah john stewart really is it, it impresses me like and joe rogan's also really really great to listen russell brand i've been listening to a lot russell too. brand you know oh my I, gosh. I just so i brilliant. like you know what i just feel like people i mean the best interviews in my opinion are just the conversation between two old friends you Absolutely. know and i and i think the you know the q a where it's like the interviewer is just passing the mic over to the interviewee like it's too much weight to put on the person who's the guest like i think mm -hmm. you should lead like some some podcasts you'll see where the either the host talks way too much or it's the guest holding the conversation and I yes. think it should be a, a kind of a marriage of, of both. It's a dance for sure. <laughs> Ricky, last question. What can I do for you, my friend? I appreciate you. you 11, oh, 11 and a half months. Oh. No, I always ask that question. And some people I, give great, great answers and some people give just terrible answers. I'm like, man, would somebody ask you that? Somebody asked me, just, I'm like, I'll tell you something. Just continue to give me love. That's all. Just, you know, from afar, just, uh, you know, wish me well. And, and now we're friends, you know, so. Oh, I take, take I take that to heart. We're, we're doing our tour in uh, in Los Angeles in uh, July for in-person sit downs. Hopefully you'll consider if your calendar permits. I'd love to sit down with you and, and do this again. I, I think with the virtual, the one thing you're right, COVID's been great for Zoom and stuff like that. But I, I do think there's some merit to that in-person sit down energy that just you, yes. you don't get through the screen um I yes i agree with you for sure right uh last thing i can i just get you to say my name is ricky lake and i'm just on the ryan Holt show podcast yeah
Hi, everyone. I'm Ricky Lake, and I am on the Ryan Holtz podcast. We're so glad you enjoyed this episode of the Ryan Holtz Show podcast. Please don't forget to smash that five-star review as Team Holtz will love you for it. Also, say hi to Ryan anywhere on social media using the handle at RyanHoltz1. That's R-Y-A-N-H-O-L-T-Z, the number one. And if you or your business is looking to expand your brand, book a brand jam with Ryan using the link in the show notes.